You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. We're back, and guess what? It's our 200th episode. Wah, wah, wah. This many. <laughs> this many. Uh, Chris, 200 episodes, man. We've been doing this for a while. Ah, it's crazy. Like, honestly, you know what's funny, though? It always feels like, I even, I feel this way about TV shows. It feels like it takes forever to get to 100, and then when you do hit 100, it's like, bam. Like, I don't know, like, remember the Simpsons when they had their 100th episode? It felt like it took forever. And the next thing you know, it's like, here's episode 500. And you're like, what? Seriously? <laughs> you know? So it's just crazy. So, yep. I mean, like three weeks from now, it'll be episode 300. <laughs> I mean, that's usually how it works, especially when we add in the legacy numbering. So it's okay. <laughs> Do our Marvel math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's right. We've gotten to episode 200 or issue 200. Uh, for this, we did a little prep. We did online prep. We did legacy tournament. Uh, essentially, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier being the big hit that it is, we wanted to talk about who holds up the best legacy between Captain America and Batman. Uh, there have been many people to take on the Captain America name. There have been many people to take on the Batman name after are Steve Rogers and uh, Bruce Wayne, respectively. Could you ever imagine, like, the two of them switching costumes? Like, they should have done that in the Batman-Captain America, like, team-up, that, that one issue. I think the best thing I've ever seen was when they did switch partners. So when John Byrne did his uh, Batman-Captain America one-shot set in, like, the 1940s, so you got to see Captain America and Robin and then batman and bucky so that's about as close as we're we've getting to see them switch anything <laughs> i mean was that dick grayson robin or jason yeah, todd oh, robin yeah. it was dick grayson, dick grayson. yeah, yeah. <laughs> could you just imagine it being a jason todd and just <laughs> that bucky and, and jason both looking at each other like yeah we know what's coming <laughs> <laughs> well an upgrade though <laughs> but then an upgrade yeah that's cool uh yeah so you know we did a we did an online tournament we had uh we had our followers our uh listeners all comment on who they would think uh between sam wilson bucky barnes frank castle uh who john was walker john walker that's right i don't know why i could forget john walker and then dick grayson jason todd uh, Gene Paul Valley. Gene Paul Valley. Why, why do I keep forgetting the ones that I like? And Jim Gordon. Uh, of all those people to carry on the Batman name, who makes it to the end is the the best legacy. Uh, we will get to that at the end of the podcast. Uh, first, we're going to talk about what's on the spinner rack. Then we're going to recap a little bit of what happened in Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode five. Truth. That's right. So. Before we get to all that, Chris, let's see what's on the spinner rack for this new comic book day. All right, folks, it's been a while, but remember, every week you get twice the dose of comic books for your comic book days. So this Tuesday, DC Comics will launch all their stuff. Uh, they will be starting a Batman 
Fortnite zero point crossover book. Uh, this is pretty wild. I, I never really got into Fortnite. I don't know what Fortnite is, but Fortnite might be the closest we ever get to a DC versus Marvel video game because they've had skins for both universes. Mm. Uh, Marvel, I believe, ran a Fortnite cover month, and now DC is doing a Fortnite story. So who knows? Uh, I might need to check out what this thing is. I'm not doing the dances, though. I, <laughs> I have no idea what actually happens in Fortnite. Like, I know it's a video game, and that's about it. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, yeah, definitely get ready for that. Uh, let's see. Batman versus Rachel Ghoul number six will come to a conclusion. All right. I got to rant a little bit on Neil Adams here. I like the guy, but. Okay, so you know me, Mitch. I'm a big Dead Man fan. So I look at this cover and I see Dead Man hiding out there on the left side. And I'm like, oh, luckily I got to do a sneak peek. He's only in it for two panels. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Oh, is that not the cool end? Deal. I hope so. God, I hope so. Um, he's been just like, I don't know what the dude's doing. Like, Marvel was smart. It's like, okay, yes, the guy is a legacy artist. He's done a lot for the industry. Have somebody help him write these stories because that Batman versus Rachel Ghoul was hard to get through. Even his Dead Man was hard to get through. And I love Dead Man. And I was like, oh, so I I hope it's the end. I mean, I know that's the end for this miniseries. I just hope he doesn't decide to be like, let me do another crossover. Like, no, just stop. Stop all your head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Catwoman issue 30 will be out, continuing on her uh, Infinite Frontier Adventures by Ram V. So that's going to be some good stuff. Uh, Wally West fans, it's your time. Flash issue 769 will be out. So this is the redemption of Wally West. So we've got him running around in his classic suit, which I am so glad is back. I love it. Um, as we can see on this regular cover, um, he is carrying Gold Beetle. So it'll be very interesting to line up to find out more about her because it looks like she's taking on both the Blue Beetle Booster Gold mantles. Wow. So that's going to be pretty wild. Yep. We got those creepy looking aliens in the background as well. So the Dominators. Yep. Awesome. Yep. That looks like a redesign yeah. for the Dominators. Ah, uh, they've always had that look. I just, I always remember those creepy teeth. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked um, Wally West's like rebirth uh, outfit. Like I, I really, I really dug that that suit. I liked it too. Um, actually, I'll tell you. You know which one was my favorite. Um, Going back to the first Flash Rebirth, so when Barry came back and they gave Wally like his own costume, so it was definitely more crimson and it had the animated series logo, mm -hmm. I thought that was the best looking Wally costume. Um, but I do agree with you, when they did his Rebirth one with the exposed hair and the, the blue and silver lightning effects, I thought that was pretty cool looking. Um, but I'm just I'm glad to see Wally's getting some love because God, dude, I mean, if you think about it, what 2011 is when when uh, 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 God New 52 happened. So I mean, so at least since probably 2010, the dude has just been put in the back seat, and then it's like, oh well, let's just run his name through the mud to make Barry even cooler. And I love <laughs> Barry, but man, just don't do that to people, you know? Like that was rough. So I hope his time to shine is now. And I hope it lasts a good while. So Wally fans, come back. I think it's worth it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Joker 
Uh, issue two will have a Virgin cover coming out. So if you missed out, definitely go pick it up. Uh, Joker issue two was huge. I don't know if you heard the spoilers out there, fans, but um, Mitch, if you're okay with it, I'll share it with you. Okay. Jim Gordon knows. He knew that Barbara was Batgirl this whole time. Uh, now, I know some people might be like, well, so what? We've, we've kind of seen it. Yes, it's been hinted at. It's been thought about, but it's official. So this is pretty crazy. So uh, how much more does Jim know? Does he know that the rest of the group does, you know, it's it's been applied in other universes that he knows? So it I makes mean, sense that he should probably know here. He wouldn't be a good uh, detective if he wasn't, if he didn't figure that out, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, I've always felt, I, I feel like Jim Gordon and Perry White, they know. You know, it's just for the sake of something greater, that's why they don't reveal, you know? But I definitely, I feel like they've known those secrets. They're just doing Clark and Bruce a solid. Mm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving along, though, we've got Justice League issue 60 out. So Brian Michael Bendis is going to be doing the... Uh, uh, Let's see, uh, the, the, the bringing back the heroics of Black Adam. Um, I think he's an interesting character. I did like it when they first did that. And uh, Justice Society of America, JSA, I thought that was a great addition. But when he ultimately fell as a villain again, I thought that was even better. So I'm kind of bummed. I, I like the dude as a villain, but I don't think The Rock wants to play a villain. So that's <laughs> why we're getting him a hero again do you do you prefer black adam with the cape or without the cape i always liked him without the cape so do i i think i think his non-cape look is a lot more sleek yeah because like i always felt like the cape is like when he's like presiding over his throne like when he's more at like okay you know i'm here but when it's time to fight just rips that cape off and it's like all right let's do this you know Mm mm-hmm the Rock, I know you listen. Make sure you do that in your scene. Okay? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite books is going to be coming out this week. Nightwing issue 79. Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo are killing it with Nightwing. Uh, I was lucky enough to do the advanced review on this one. Oh, my God, Mitch. It was so great. Uh, the dialogue between... Uh, Dick and Barbara was fun. The story was great. Uh, Bruno Redondo even snuck in Marv Wolfman and George Perez in the art. I was like, this is so beautiful. Uh, it's just, it's fun. Like, and I love the way they capture the character. Like I'm probably gushing too much. Uh, feel free to mute. But uh, I thought it was so great because so spoilers, um, Alfred is richer than Bruce Wayne and <laughs> When he died, he left all the money to Dick. Wow. And so Dick is trying to figure out, like, well, what should I do? Blah, 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 blah. At one point, he's sitting in his empty apartment with Barbara and the new the new dog. Uh, oh, God, what was the name? I think it's Haley, a.k.a. Bitewing. Um, so they were sitting there, and, and Dick is contemplating eating the dog food. And then Barbara's like, we can go out to eat, you know. And so they go out to, like, the, the pizza joint that Marv and George are running. And it's funny because Dick at first is like, oh, can I get two slices and two drinks? Then Barbara's like, Dick, you're a, you're, you're rich. And he's like, oh, that's right. You get four slices. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just love that because it's like, yes, there's rich and then there's people that are just like, they have a lot of money. So I love the fact that that's Dick is still himself, even though now he's, you know, whatever, probably safer to say billionaire nowadays. So I thought that was great. So great touch of humanity in the book. Go out there, check it out. You're going to enjoy those monthly adventures. Uh, Superman red and blue number two will be out. So here we get the, uh, the new, Kind of in continuity, not necessarily worried about continuity adventures of Superman in just basic three colors, red, white, and blue. Um, this one, we get to see um, some tales of Clark versus Luther. Um, Val Zod will be back. So this is the Superman of Earth 2. Um, it's a shame because he was introduced during the New 52's Earth 2 series. Um, Val Zod is the son of... Um, my God, I cannot think of his name. Zod. Didn't he have like a another name, or was he just General Zod? He's all, I mean, he's, he was just General. I, I'm, yeah, I've always heard him referred to as General Zod, but I know he has a first name, and I, I, I'm pretty sure they talk, they say it in Krypton, the TV series, but I can't think of it at the uh, moment. Uh, but, so Zod has his son Val Zod, um, and Val Zod is choosing to be a hero and great character. Um, it's a shame that like he needs to be brought back more. Um, I really wish that they could find a way to take the idea of the Earth Two, quote unquote JSA, and then the JSA and just make an awesome team. You know, JSI Justice Society Infinity would be fantastic. Uh, please listen to that idea, DC. But anyway, so yes, if you know Valzad, check him out. If you don't know Valzad, get this issue. I have a strong feeling this will be one of the ones that will probably definitely be picking up in its value. Uh, Cyborg Superman will also be getting a an, 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 uh, quick character piece in there as well. So if you want to see what old crazy Hank Henshaw is up to, definitely pick that one up. Uh, quite a few different covers as well. Um, it's kind of interesting, though, like not to knock them, but the art's a little bit off on some of these. So I'm kind of <laughs> like, huh, because these color books are more or less the ones where the artists get to shine. So definitely kind of interesting piece there yeah uh, truth and justice issue three will be out so this is a story that definitely examines uh, social issues with superheroes so if you definitely want to check it out so in this one we get to find out about john constantine uh, he's definitely portrayed as a good guy but deep down dude's kind of a scumbag so it's going to be very interesting um I do find it interesting. I don't, I think you and I maybe chatted about this a little bit, but like characters like him and even Deathstroke, and not to say that John Constantine is a Deathstroke, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, um, after DC's The Other History, whatever issue it was, I think it was issue three that came out, where they kind of were like, yeah, don't forget, Deathstroke did this. Uh, it really kind of shines a huge negative light. I'm mm -hmm. very curious to see how DC is going to be like, I don't know if we want to remind people about these certain aspects of our quote unquote lovable heroes. So, <laughs> uh, this might be something where you'll pick it up and who knows if you'll look at old Johnny the same or not. And then we've got some collected editions. So we've got Batman creature of the night by Kurt Busiek and John Paul Leon. Um, God, like, maybe close to two decades ago, which is scary to say. Uh, they did the, uh, oh gosh, it was uh, Superman. I think it was called Last Son of Krypton. Uh, that was the one where a young Clark Kent 
grew up on his planet Earth and then discovered he had Superman's powers. Um, I think that was one of your favorite stories. Um, so they finally did a sequel, quote-unquote, a spiritual sequel, where Bruce Wayne Wright had his parent or discover or his family had died and then he decided to become the next or become his world's batman so mm-hmm. uh kind of interesting stories there i like the fact that the first time they did it they did clark kent uh I, this one i know it's cheesy but i really wish they didn't do bruce wayne right i just wish they would have kept it as bruce wayne <laughs> Uh, let's see. We've got Dark Knight's Death Metal, The Darkest Night. So this was the big crossover of last year for DC Comics. So if you're looking to get it all collected, uh, this will be one of the three trade paperbacks you need to buy. Uh, good luck reading it all in order, though, because for some reasons, both companies' collected editions departments don't like to put stuff in order. So you're going to have to get a lot of sticky notes and flip back and forth between the three. Um <laughs> But I was very surprised. I did enjoy it. Uh, as you can kind of see from the cover there, we have all kinds of different versions of Batman, evil Batman to check out. Uh, one of them is Bat-Rex. So that dinosaur in the Batcave is actually a robot that Bruce Wayne put his consciousness in so he could use it later on to be an evil Batman. Of course. Uh, that's right. He said it. <laughs> uh, and then I even love right here in the bottom corner... Uh, you have the, oh God, I forget what they called it, the the Batmobile. Oh, wait, no, here we go, yeah. So there was a sentient Batmobile. Um, that one was just insane. So Batman puts his consciousness into the mind of a, a monster truck Batmobile. And here we go. Here's the proper name, Batmanosaurus Rex. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> mm, I think they're going a little, little weird with these Dark Knight Metals storylines now. Yeah, it is definitely something else. Uh, here's one that hurts, though, to say. Flashpoint is celebrating its 10th anniversary. Ugh. So there will be a 10th anniversary omnibus edition that will be out. So Flashpoint, as you know, took the amazing world of DC Comics and then broke it for about a good decade. Yeah. <laughs> They're still <laughs> in the process of fixing it. <laughs> uh, but this book will collect it all. You will get the five-point, or sorry, the five-part Flashpoint miniseries. Booster Gold, Flash, tie-in issues, and then all the World of Flashpoint books. So you'll get the, uh, just, I don't even know what they were, but yes, they'll all be there. So this is definitely going to be a thick book. Uh, it has a hefty price tab of, of 150 bucks. so definitely shop around if that's your thing. Next up, we will have Superman Up in the Sky, and this is where Tom King and Andy Kubert teamed up to do their Superman story. So these were originally featured in the Walmart giant comic books. You may or may not already own this, but if you want to own it as one complete trade paperback, this is the way to go. And then wonder woman's current series will be collecting part four, the four horsewomen as the new adventures of Diana kicks off. Hmm. If you come back to your local comic shop, the following Wednesday, you can get all these brand new Marvel comics. So Alien will be going on. Uh, I find this funny. Philip Kennedy Johnson is writing Alien at Marvel, right? Then he's also writing another Alien at DC Comics because he's the main writer of Superman. No. So how crazy is that? That in your head, you've got to imagine the voices for Xenomorphs and then the Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, and then I believe he's also writing Carnage as well. So this dude's got to flex some muscles, his mental muscles, all right. <laughs> all having to do with uh, aliens, though. 
Yeah, yeah, craziness. <laughs> uh, let's see. Amazing Spider-Man issue 64 will be out. I don't know what Nick Spencer's doing, so if you're reading it, you're reading it. <laughs> what's what's Hyperion uh, there will be a lot of in Yeah, I was going to say, what's Hyperion and the Incredible Hulk have to do with Spider-Man? <clears throat> Well, so we are getting ready for Heroes Reborn. Uh, that will be the big crossover event that's happening from the Avengers. So basically, the world is going to change here pretty soon. I don't know how, but everybody's going to be living in a world where the Avengers never happened. So that forced, I don't know what they would call themselves, the Squadron Supreme of America is my best guess. But that team is what's going to come up in, to fill that vacuum. And so, obviously, when the Hulk was first created, he was more of a menace. Luckily, the Avengers kind of teamed up with him and said, no, he's just misunderstood. If there were no Avengers to team up with him, obviously, their man of might is going to have to take down this mighty Marvel monster. So that's the plan there. So these will be kind of history variant covers to show us a little bit of what did happen. Mm. You can pick one of those up with uh, Amazing Spider-Man at issue 64, as Mitch was saying, where we have a very regal Hyperion holding up his fresh catch of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Avengers issue 45 will be part of the King in Black, which is over, but you can definitely catch a little bit of what's going on in the ending there. Um, and this might be a big book because even though the world will be reborn with new memories of the Squadron Supreme, Blade will be the only person who knows that it wasn't always that way. So this might lead into that kind of like a zero issue type of thing. So definitely check it out. And there is a variant cover. Um, so this one features Captain America breaking out of the ice. So obviously the Avengers were the ones that found Captain America. Uh, they were chasing Namor and Namor got mad at some Eskimo people and broke apart their ice which led to Captain America going to warmer waters. And then the Avengers in their submarine found Captain America and revived him. Well, if there's no Avengers, then there's no reason why he should have been uh, broken out of the ice by Namor. So there you go. He'll be stuck in that regard. Uh, Black Knight Curse of the Ebony Blade issue two will be out. So if you want to get ready for Black Knight's premiere in the... Uh, Eternals movie, this is definitely the book to check out, uh, as I'm sure they're going to be changing comic book history or examining it or bringing it to a modern audience. So definitely check that out. Uh, Captain Marvel issue 28 will be out as well. And we also get a variant cover there. Uh, so this one, it looks like it might be Power Princess helping out Hercules against Fin Fang Foom and everybody else being turned to stone. Not too sure what story that references. Uh, the best thing I can think of is probably the Great Gargoyle probably uh, somehow took advantage of the commotion and turned them all to statues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, Carnage, Black, White, and Blood has his own three-color book as well. So if you want to get some twisted stories, definitely check that one out. Champions issue six will be out as we deal with young heroes being on the run still trying to be heroic uh, they will also have a variant cover as well in this one we get to see a fantastic Duggar Doom as he sits upon his throne so the only thing I can imagine is Victor Von Doom must have gotten the uh, the Crimson Crystal of Ciderac 
So that is definitely a scary looking villain. Yeah. And also a Marvel Legends action figure I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think, is that Victor Von Doom with the the the, the uh, Crimson Bands of Satarak, or is that Kane Marco in Doom outfit? Yeah, I imagine it's gotta be Doom getting the gem. Um or the <clears throat> I do like yeah, I do like the fact that uh his knuckles spelled doom. <laughs> <laughs> of course they do. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, that, that, that's the one thing I'm excited about for this one. Um, oh so yeah, it's going to be crazy looking. Obviously history has changed, so we'll have to see what's going to happen. Uh, let's see. Eternals issue four will be out as well. So definitely to help you understand what's coming up for that movie. Uh, the mighty Valkyries will be getting their own series. So issue one begins. Uh, and we also get a, uh, heroes reborn variant cover, where we get to see, I imagine at this point his name is Speed Demon. He's had so many names, basically the evil Flash. Uh, at one point he was Johnny Quick, but then DC had that hero, so they've changed his name several times. <laughs> uh, but I think they've landed with Speed Demon, so it looks like he's definitely running around. I can't tell if that's space or if it's probably somewhere in the mystical realms because sometimes they do look kind of scary. <laughs> so in Valkyries, I assume that there's more than just the one Valkyrie. However, they want the character that we're going to be seeing in the MCU played by Tessa Thompson to be the main character. Like, do you eventually just give her an actual name or do we just still call her Valkyrie? Well, it's going to be interesting because um, it, it's funny because there was definitely a need or not necessarily a need, but, people wanted to see Jane Foster back again, considering that um, Natalie Portman will be reprising the role in four, four. Um, so they couldn't give her back the hammer because they just spent all that story having her be Thor. And then eventually Thor being worthy enough to return. Uh, so they created Jane to become the next Valkyrie. But as you mentioned, uh, Thompson did such a great job as the Valkyrie that it's like, uh Oh, what do we do? So yeah, it's, it's just going to be Valkyries, you know? Um, to me, it's one of those things where I feel like maybe they could handle it like green lanterns. Like, yes, we know what the Valkyries are, but they definitely have their own names as well. So, okay. That's fair. You know, hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll play it well there, but Jason Aaron's going to be on it for a little bit. So I, I, tr I trust in Jason. I think he'll, he'll have a good plan for us. I mean, Jason Aaron's the one that created, uh, Jane Foster, right? Ah, yep. Okay. Uh, he, he had that idea. Yep. Uh, let's see. What else do we got going on? Uh, sword issue five will be out. And again, fans of the WandaVision show, this is not the sword you know. This is a way different one, so definitely get prepared for that. Spider-Woman issue 11 will be out as well. Um, and then we also get a Heroes Reborn variant cover there. So here we see Thanos with the Infinity Gems, but they're not necessarily gems this time. They look to be more like rings. So uh, we'll definitely see Thanos wield the power. He doesn't necessarily need the gauntlet. He just needs fingers. Is he, so wait, is he, is he... Is he uh handling the mandarin's rings you know that could be an interesting point maybe he does get the mandarin's rings instead uh upon my first initial glance it definitely looked like it was the more the, the infinity stones gems 
But, you know, considering that they're in ring form, maybe you're right. Maybe he just said, oh, I'll go after these 10 instead. I mean, 10's bigger than six. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that isn't that a story? Is that a thing where like they've they've tried to do that, where the Mandarin's rings were a offshoot of the Infinity Stones or Infinity Gems? I know there was a while where they tried to make them a little bit more relevant and stronger. Um, I do believe they did play with the concept that they were off world items as well. But I don't think it really ever took off because Mandarin, as much as he's a great villain, I know Marvel's kind of like, yeah, we don't want backlash. So unfortunately, uh, the character's been kind of lost, as have the rings. Well, now he's coming back in Shang-Chi in the Legend yes. of the Ten Rings. So Yeah, so it'll be interesting. So I, I hope they do because I always like the idea of those rings. You know, I'm very curious to see, like, okay, what are you going to do here? <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping something big will happen there. Let's see. We've got the rise of, or sorry, the trials of Ultraman issue two. So definitely Ultraman did very well to get his second miniseries. Uh, The X-Men universe will be expanding even more. So we will have way of X number one. So this will be Nightcrawler's book where he gets to explore religion, sex, and resurrection, you know, because that's what you do. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, with, what was it? Uh, House of X, then Sword of X, now Way of X. Like, are these all one continuous story and they're just changing the title? Or do those books also still exist and are ongoing as this book starts? Well, they're, they're events in a shared universe. They're not like it's it's like, you know, World War One and World War Two happened on our world. And they are related, but, you know, everybody tosses out the phrase, oh, this is like World War Three. It's not necessarily official to it. So, like, yes, House of X is the big event that really rocked the X-Men's world, right? And I'm sure they even made sure to play the title that way uh, for Nightcrawler because in the uh, House of, uh, no, gosh, what was it called again? Um, Powers, Powers of, of Ten. Powers and- of Ten and... Oh my God, I should know this. Um, was it just House of X? Did he do that? House of X and Powers of Ten? Is that what it was? Well, oh my gosh, now I'm maybe, okay, maybe I'm confused. Because you had the the one going all the way back to when Bendis wrote it, right? With, with, with uh, House of M. Right. That's what's going on. All right, sorry for my... Uh, I, I don't know my letters. So way back in the day, children, there was a story called House of M and Wanda got mad and said, no more mutants. Um, and then forever later, Jonathan Hickman came and he said, Hey, I want to do some crazy stuff with the X-Men. So he did house of X and powers of 10. And so, yes, this is like the next continuation of that. Uh, so it, it, this is more of the fallout because the play is when they were creating their, Oh gosh, maybe like, their constitution or their their three sacred rules um nightcrawler came up with the play on words and he said make more mutants uh so basically he's like yeah let's let's start having little babies and whatnot uh and with him being a religious character and a a very thought-provoking character this is definitely going to be the book that will explore some of that stuff so you know we have people that you know as they as they put right here you know Mutant kind has a new era, uh, but people struggle to fit in or they choose violence and death. Uh, so it's it's one person's just basically got to try to make sense of things, and it comes down to Nightcrawler. So he's going to be assembling his own crew, uh, and he's going to help people defeat their inner darkness. So it looks like he's going to kind of bring 
philosophy and religion to the X teams and stuff like that. So, so it could be pretty interesting. Is there an ongoing X-Men or uncanny X-Men book? So we do have an ongoing X-Men book, which will actually get canceled here pretty quickly. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll just go into it right now because I was going to throw this one at you. I forgot about that. Um, so there will be the first book to close off in the uh, Hickman era. So Jonathan Hickman has been writing X-Men, and then he's going to end that book. They're going to relaunch it. Um, I'm not sure when. Maybe July, I think. Or, yeah. July X-Men number one will relaunch in July 7th. Um, and so this one, we're going to get an X-Men team because the thought process is technically during this house of X powers of 10 story or world or whatever you want to call it. There has not been an official X-Men team because they've just been the mutants of Kirkoa. So Cyclops and Jean basically said, no, we're going to start doing something about this. We're going to make our own X-Men. So they had an actual recruiting session, and the team came up with Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Sunfire, Rogue, Wolverine, but it'll be Laura, not Logan, Sync, and then we as fans got to vote because, you know, Marvel was like, hey, uh, imagine if's idea is great so we should start stealing their stuff <laughs> uh, so they had their own little pick and choose vote and the winner of that vote was polaris wow so that will be the team uh xavier has been shown in the artwork so will he be a member of the x-men or not and technically he shouldn't be because you can't be on the council of krakoa and be an active militant mutant. So that's going to be very, very interesting. So, yeah. um, So basically, we've had a comic called X-Men, but they haven't been doing X-Men things. So now Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz will revive the X-Men, and looks like they're going to be doing X-Men-like things, which I'm excited for, because even though it's been fun, this is kind of like reading a book about government, and I don't want to read comics for that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am very surprised, though, that they didn't call this Uncanny X-Men, just because, you know, the X-Men sounds great, but Uncanny X-Men definitely sounds a little bit more spicy. (laughs) So I'll be curious to see what the plan is to use that title. But yeah, but Way of X will definitely be the Nightcrawler, Pixie, uh, and a couple other characters fix, so that way you can see um, how they tackle inner demons. Uh, So let's see, moving along. We've got Women of Marvel number one. So this will definitely be a book featuring some solo stories of Jane Foster, Shuri, Gamora, Storm, and Elektra, and various others. So if you definitely want to get your girl power on, definitely check this one out. Uh, Lots of wild variant covers, too. We have one with, uh, uh, oh my god, I forgot her name now. Colossus' sister, Ileana, and then one with the Scarlet Witch. And another one with quite a few other Marvel characters, She-Hulk, Tigra, and I'm not too sure who the others might be. I think Colleen Wing. And And Misty Knight. There you go, Misty Knight. So, yeah. Uh, X-Force issue 19 will be out as well. Uh, This is a book, I don't know if you should be reading it, Mitch, because this is the book that is definitely bringing Beast, making him break bad. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'll be curious to see what's going to happen there. Uh, now we move to the collected edition, so I'll go through that quickly. Uh, Black Widow by Kelly Thompson, Volume 1, will be out. This has been a very interesting story because Natasha's living a happy life, but does she know that's real or fake? 
Captain Marvel Volume 5 will be out. The New World by Kelly Thompson as well. Dawn of X collects all the post-House of X Powers of Ten stories in chronological order, so you can read that saga. Deadpool by Joe Kelly will be getting a second volume, so you can complete those collections and adventures. Man-Thing by Steve Gerber, so if you want to read the origins of Nightring, here's part three of those stories. Black Panther will be getting a third Marvel Masterworks, so if you want to go back in time and check out some of his original adventures, do that. Mighty Thor will be getting a volume 20, so now we're in the Mark Grunewald era of Thorness. Uh, Spider-Man by Roger Stern will be getting the omnibus edition there, so if you want to get to see some of the uh, original Hobgoblin stories and how much shock that was, definitely check that out. Now, this is an interesting one. Thunderbolts Omnibus Volume 1. Why are they making an omnibus, I wonder? I wonder. So I think there's I think there's going to be a lot of big plans for uh, Citizen V and the Heroic Thunderbolts, a.k.a. Baron Zemo and a bunch of scumbags. So that'll be very interesting. <laughs> what, you don't like the second title? I, I don't think, think the second title made it past uh, marketing there. This is why they're wrong. <laughs> but yeah, this comic definitely shocked everyone because uh, just a quick history, the Marvel heroes, Avengers and Fantastic Four all died, quote unquote, during the Onslaught epic. So there were not as many heroes in the Marvel Universe. So here comes Justice Like Lightning, the Thunderbolts. And at the end of the first issue, we find out that it's a bunch of villains in disguise. So what a crazy concept by Kurt Busiek and others. Uh, X-Factor will be getting a third volume epic collection. So if you want to see some of the early evil tales of Apocalypse, definitely check this one out. And actually, I think they've got this wrong. It should be volume two. Uh, this is titled Angel of Death. So if you want to see Angel turn into Archangel for the first time, this is definitely the book to go to. And that's your friggin' long spinner rack. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's a... That's a lot of new comic books on New Comic Book Day. So uh, going into the next thing, let's talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier if we're talking about Thunderbolts. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 5, if you haven't watched yet, don't listen to this part because we're going to talk about it. We're going to spoil it. Um, I guess, uh, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Bucky, and Cap, uh, Bucky and Cap had a discussion before Cap went away, went back in time, before Steve went back in time. And that's when they were going to give they, they 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 had the discussion of giving the the shield to Sam. Uh, yeah, obviously Buck has the conversation with Sam now of like, yeah, we we're we're just you know we're not in the know. We didn't understand you know the your plight. It's our privilege to not understand the, that plight, but we didn't think about the effects of a black man carrying on the shield. So. Uh, we're sorry <laughs> like Bucky is apologizing for himself and Steve but uh definitely Sam is at, by the end of the episode making the decision that we all know is the right decision for him to eventually pick up the mantle of Captain America he's he's practicing he's training he is he is running you know with kids <laughs> and telling them on the left <laughs> uh so it is it's it's a lot happened in this episode what was a, a favorite part of yours honestly i really enjoyed getting to see uh bucky and sam get closer like the boat stuff was fun i i really wished i had the ability to 
edit because I would love to make like my own trailer for a couple of guys in a boat and just show how happy they were as they were, you know, rebuilding this boat. I thought that was great. I mean, I know there was a lot of other stuff in there. It was just a fantastic episode and it's got me salivating for the next one. It was that good. Like this was, this was the great first half of a movie. Um, so, but I just, I was really glad to see because for some reason, and I don't know, it's funny because maybe when I first got into comics, that was fun to like, oh, Thor and Captain America are fighting. But then eventually I got older and I'm like, okay, dude, why are they fighting? Like, how come heroes can't just be like, hold on, let's compare notes for a second <laughs> and let's not waste all this energy beating each other up and go after bad guys. And I was just like, yeah, so, but this one was great to finally get them to talk, to sit down and like, okay, here's where I'm coming from, you know, um, like Sam really helped Bucky have a big breakthrough, you know, like I, I love that part when they're tossing the shield even and he's like, you know, it doesn't matter what Steve said. Um, so you got to stop looking to others. And, you know, if we think about it, this version of the Winter Soldier, yeah, ever since 1940, he's just been told what to do. You know, mm -hmm. it's like he went from being a kid. He he signed up to be enlisted and, you know, he's following the man's orders and next thing you know, bam, he's taken over by Hydra. So he's being told what to do. And you now it even harkens back to episode one when the therapist was like, you have your freedom. And he's like, freedom to do what? So I just, I really love the personal growth that both Sam and Bucky went through in this episode. Yeah. Sam, Sam also laying it down for Bucky. I mean, like, like you don't need to do the exact same thing that Steve did. You don't need to go and and take care of the names on your list the way that you think or the way that you've been doing it you should go and help somebody not so much take down the people that you helped as the winter soldier uh obviously referring to uh i believe his name is ito uh the the father of the guy that buck killed uh just because uh -huh. he witnessed something um but yeah like both of them obviously have insight on what the other needs to know needs to hear and and it it's helping it's definitely helping both of them uh i did i did like that this episode was called truth uh definitely a reference back to truth red white and black um the miniseries that introduced us to isaiah bradley and uh and and sam goes goes to isaiah to be like hey uh maybe this shield belongs to you and Isaiah's like nah i'm dead like i don't need people to know that i'm alive i don't need that reminder of the time when terrible horrible things were done to me in the name of this country uh like he even shows him the scars from where they you know experimented on it's it, it he references you know real life events of the red tails of the tuskegee experiments you know of just uh what african-american soldiers had to go through uh just to be accepted as one of them to lay down their own lives for a country that didn't like them um but it gave him new new perspective on what it is that he might need to do in that role as Captain America. So uh, it's a it's a heavy heavy episode, and there's a lot going on. Like the beginning of the episode yeah. starts with Sam and Buck fighting John Walker for the Shield to take him in. Like that was an intense fight scene. Yeah, like it's funny that the show opens up with Civil War again, you know, where it's like, okay, here's Cap and Buck versus Iron Man. Instead, it's Sam and Buck versus John, you know, it's like, wow, this is crazy. 
Um, one thing I was that I and hopefully our listeners, you know, you, you guys check things out and you kind of trust in us because we we've we've devoted ourselves to comics. So I know a lot of people like somebody asked an interesting question in, in the circle of people that I, that I chat with. Um, how come John doesn't get bigger? Because if you think about it, when Steve takes Erskine's original formula, he goes from a small guy to bulked up physique, you know? It's so the question is, yeah, well, but also at the same time, these are derivative formulas, you know, Uh, true. We don't, we don't, you know, I mean, in that case, you know, it's like, well, then how come John doesn't have a red skull for a head? You know, it's so each formula is different. Uh, The actions on the person are definitely different. So, yes, you know. Uh, John Walker is kind of a jack dude, so this is only you know it's definitely I think it's kind of freeing his inhibitions in a way. Um, but yeah, we don't we're not always going to see somebody takes the serum and then all of a sudden, bam, instant twelve pack. So <laughs> results may vary. <laughs> well, I mean, in the comic books, the 1950s Captain America and Bucky got the Super Soldier Serum and didn't they didn't do the Vita Rays. That's why they like. Captain America, the, that Captain America went ended up going crazy, and that that Bucky went ended up becoming nomad. Like that's that's how the retcon has gone now. Uh, so if they're including that, you know, the Vita Rays are a big important part. And and yes, yeah, Steve before getting the Super Soldier Serum was scrawny Steve Rogers. Like he is, he's 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 weak. He's got a, a you know a lame leg. I don't know. Does he have a lame leg? I always remember him having a lame leg. They've I know, not in the MCU, it, uh, but um, like I know there's one. Uh, no, they've played it in comics. I remember that too. Like one time where he he lost the Super Soldier, so he went back to Granny Steve, and he's like, "Ah, my leg, I can't run." Or I think actually, you know what? Did you ever read that one? Um, it was the one where they killed Erskine before they could give Steve the serum, so he was wearing basically an Iron Man suit. Um, it was a what if? I can't think of the name, but I think that might have been the one that introduced the idea of him having a lame leg. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's also going to be in the what if animated series for the MCU, where they're going to give uh, Peggy Carter the um, Super Soldier Serum, and Steve will have a Iron Man outfit. Yep. Yeah. That Howard Stark will make for him. Um, yeah. Uh, did you get any reminiscence of uh, the Avengers fighting Thanos, taking the gauntlet off when they were getting the shield off of John Walker? Because I definitely thought Star-Lord was going to come in and mess it up for everybody again. Hey, <laughs> we had to have Star-Lord do that, okay? <laughs> um, no, it definitely it, it, it had those moments for sure. Um, I, I just had to laugh that uh, John's go-to is... I'm just going to chop everybody's head off with the shield. (laughs) Like, holy moly. Like, you know, he's definitely in a bloodlust rage. Um, But yeah, it was something else. But I'll tell you what, it's funny. You can tell that you're getting older. So the whole scene where the government is dressing down John Walker, Mm -hmm. when they tell him, they're like, we are going to strip you of your benefits in retirement. That hurt me the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, oh my God. Like, dude no like you do not do that to somebody that is like you you crippled this dude for life so uh it definitely but it, <laughs> i know right it's like no getting hit with the shield in the head no i could take that you take away my benefits in retirement uh-uh <laughs> um but that definitely hit hard and it really made me think so i i definitely am just very intrigued 
um, by what's going on. I don't know. Like, I guess we're all going to have theories, you know, like, okay, who's the Mephesto? So that's going to be this power broker. But I almost feel like that lead senator, I think he might be the power broker. I mean, the fact that we haven't been revealed the face of the power broker, like directly, means that it's definitely someone that we've seen already. Uh, somebody that we we uh we've seen in the series so that it will be like oh my goodness uh it's definitely playing it up that uh sharon carter is the power broker that we have seen uh that because she is obviously talking to batrock and on the phone when she's like i got you out of that algerian prison you need to help me now and then next thing we see is him showing up with the uh flag smashers to give them weapons and be like yeah i'm ready i'm i need to take out sam he he screwed me over so i'm i'm ready to fuck him up kind of thing yeah um at the end the end credit scene of this episode we see john walker making his own shield he's using the metal uh his medal of honors to put on there um the next time we see him in costume do we see him in his current captain america outfit or do we see him in a new version maybe as a u.s agent i think this is what's going to lead to u.s agent um i just feel that you know it's it, it, I, I think the black comes in there because he feels a little bit disgraced he's in mourning you know and so i think that's definitely going to be the twist there uh i did like the kind of iron man vibe you know the clang clang you know that type of stuff going on but yeah i think this is where we're going to be like the next time we see john he's going to be like i'm not captain america me with this agent or you know whatever cooler way to phrase that will happen <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of John Walker, we got introduced to a new character. And as we found out through media, uh, this character was supposed to have been introduced to us in black widow last year when we first have seen the black widow movie. But, uh, Julia Lula Dreyfus has come in to play Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, uh, for people who read comic books and know the history. This is Madam Hydra. So, or at least one of the Madam Hydras. (laughs) <laughs> she is a uh, spycraft character, huge in that. They gave her that, uh, instead of the silver streak that the the character is usually drawn with, She, ha- I believe she has like a blue streak in her hair. Uh, to me, they played her off a lot like Victoria Hand. Like, that's how I felt about it. And maybe Victoria Hand in the comic books is very much the newer version of Valentina. Uh, same, same idea, just came up with a new name. But how do you how do you feel that she's going to play that up? So I feel like I think she's going to be the opposite Nick Fury that we're looking for. So she's going to be the one that like, I don't know, as we were talking about the spinner rack, a lot of people are feeling that way. Like Thunderbolts is probably going to be a thing no? <clears throat> and with John Walker, his character having been a former prison guard when he was control, like protecting the raft and whatnot, I could almost see like, you know, cause even she tells him like, Oh, the best thing you're going to do in this life is answering the phone when I call. So I feel like, like that was that, like it was almost that moment going back to Iron Man when Tony's in his room and then Nick Fury shows up and he's like, you're not going to do a damn thing. Cause mm-hmm. I've got my Avengers initiative, you know? So it's like, I feel like that's what Val is doing. She's setting up the Thunderbolts initiative and see, you know, they're going to play her off. And I think I, I honestly think there's going to be two different things. I think there's going to be a Thunderbolts. And then I also think there's going to be a dark Avengers. And I think Val is setting up the dark Avengers. 
Ooh, okay. That could be very interesting. Because I think that would be that would be kind of cool. And maybe that's what, you know, maybe that's what gets General Ross to set up his Thunderbolts. Like, I know I'm, I'm totally retconning that to make it fit into the MCU, but it just makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, I think that's, you know, he, he's like, oh, they're setting up their own Dark Avengers. There is no Avengers right now. How about my Thunderbolts? You know, government-sanctioned Thunderbolts. And he uses the guys that he knows kind of thing. Yeah, no, it it wouldn't be. I mean, honestly, it's that that does sound pretty cool. And plus, if you think about it, that leads to like a dark civil war as well, because then it's like the Avengers, the Dark Avengers versus the Thunderbolts. Like, okay, how crazy is that gonna be? <laughs> you know, like, well, so definitely, that could be pretty fun. Um, Zemo went away with the Wakandans to the raft, so that you know that that could lead to that uh, i don't know if it's the last time we see him in this series um we said sharon is helping out uh the flag smashers we we know that uh bucky and sarah might end up having a relationship <laughs> because in any good buddy cop film when one cop one of the cops beats the other cop's sister they always have to flirt and um uh, possibly have a relationship yeah. Um, something I found interesting. So when Sam does go to Isaiah to give him the shield, he does see the grandson. Or was it? Did they did they keep him as grandson, or did they change it to grandnephew? No, I, he I, does. It's still grandson. Okay, so he did see the grandson, and they actually named him Eli. Yep. So that's huge. Um, like I know for us, we had already known that, but so can't hear anymore <laughs> so i have to watch stuff with the with the subtitles on and it was funny because in episode one they just called him boy you know right oh, you know hey yeah blah 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 but this episode they really made sure to put eli on there so it's like oh so you know that's definitely just a confirmation of what we've known but that's a pretty cool confirmation um we also see Joaquin, uh, he takes the wings. Well, he doesn't take them. They're just left there for him. So maybe that sets us up for Falcon too. That's true, which is weird because in the comic books, he's a mutant and he has his own biological wings. So what does that mean? Are we not going to get the mutant version? Are we only going to, is he going to get to have that, that type of, those type of wings? Well, it's better for the actor <laughs> because <laughs> one, that's less time in the prosthetics, uh, and and all that fun stuff uh because even then not only does he have mutant wings but he also he's like a human bird hybrid looking person right so he's also going to have you know very distinct features on his face um i don't think they're ready to start saying the m word yet so i think that's why his origins change just not not just they change a lot you know <laughs> so yeah i think i don't think they're ready to open that door yet and say oh yeah here we go um and then, you know, we, uh, as we said, we saw the train, Sam Wilson go through the training. Uh, eventually he's, he's, he's at the very end of the episode, he is ready to open up the box that Bucky gave him from Wakanda. I mean, we know that it's gotta be a suit. Is it a regular Falcon suit, maybe with Wakandan colors, or did Bucky and the Wakandans know that he is going to make the right decision eventually? And it's going to be his Falcon suit with the red, white, and blue. Oh, it's got to be. Well, so if you're a toy collector. <laughs> yeah. If you're a toy collector, you already know, you, you know what we they've already, already put out. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, so there's sometimes the toys they they just make toys for whatever reason, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, it's it's gonna be it is. Um, it, it's definitely it's it's a it's gonna be a great moment to see him suit up. Um, I know I'm excited because I remember when. Um, God, I can't think of his name now. Um, Mackie. What's his first name? Anthony Mackie. Anthony. I'm thinking Howard, but that's a comic book writer. But when Anthony and when Anthony Mackie was first suiting up as Falcon uh, for the Winter Soldier, the Captain America Two movie, he was so excited. He was like, "This Halloween, it's going to be so great to see kids running around as the Falcon." And I was like, "Wow, that's that's so cool!" You know, like that is a huge moment for for kids. Um, you know, representation is getting a huge shot in the arm. This is great. And this is going to be big with him suiting up to be the next Captain America. Um, so I, it, it's a, it's going to be a huge moment. So that's why it's like, no, it, it can't just be a standard um, going back to Falcon. Because even then, I was very surprised that he walked away from the wings. Right. You know? um, I, I definitely feel like he walked away disillusioned. You know, it was just like, well you know, forget it. It's, it's the stuff's beyond me. Things are not working out and he just fills down, uh, definitely having the montage and, and the, the fun moment of fixing up the boat, you know, it's going to revive his spirit in humanity again. And it's just going to come full circle with him stepping into the captain America role. So yeah, no, I definitely, I feel we're going to get that, you know, the full out, uh, costume that we had seen in the comics, um, so that's that's where my money is. I am going to be interested though to see that case is awfully thick. What else is in there? You know, like obviously it's going to be a new style of wings. So do we do? Do you keep them kind of like Hawkman style, where they're wings out of his back, or are they going to do something a little bit more where they'll be kind of like his traditional vulture style, where they're part of his arm? So I think that'll be interesting to see. Do they change up the look of the wings or not? Yeah, uh, I, I think in the and past in the MCU they've done they've done it so that his hands can't his arms can connect in there, like they lock in on the wings if you want them to. Uh, I, I I would suspect that you get to. It's going to be more of like Hawkman, so that he his arms are are free to throw the shield. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I think that's going to definitely be the big part because <laughs> it's going to be mighty awkward to throw a shield when that's part of your flying ability. Yeah, um, yeah no, I definitely I, I can see that. Um, oh gosh, I had a thought and then I just lost it. Oh well. Okay. It was just groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for the part that everybody's been waiting for, our Legacy Tournament. We had eight characters total, all carrying on the, the mantle of, a, of a, a mentor, a partner, a friend uh, that they really uh, you know, admired, felt that they needed to carry on the, the name for. Uh, who comes out as the top? Who came out as the top? Why? Why is why is this the, the the tournament we wanted to do, Chris? Well, I always think it's fun. <clears throat> like I know for us, a big part of comic books is legacy. Um, 
And legacy is great because that's what gives us more characters. Um, if we think about this list of characters we have, Jim Gordon is probably the oldest. Uh, he literally is in the first appearance of Batman as well. So he's been a long, endearing character. Him being a Batman was a little bit unreal, but it was New 52, so hey, who cares? Uh, Dick Grayson, the first Robin, you know, definitely a character near and dear to my heart. And, you know, I'm glad he got to serve some time behind the ears. Uh, Gene Paul Valley, a character near and dear to your heart. You That's know? right. Again, we don't get these characters if we don't have legacy. And then there's Jason Todd, a character near and dear to a crowbar. You know, so he's just <laughs> there. <laughs> um, but then on the cap side of things, you know, we, we get Bucky Barnes. Um, I think he's just a fantastic character. I I, I, I enjoyed him as a kid. Um, I was sad to find out like it's funny the first time I ever meet Bucky is Avengers number four so it's like hey this kid seems cool oh he's dead okay Uh, but he was always the ghost that haunted Captain America so I you know it definitely made him a little bit edgier Uh, but when when he was brought back as the Winter Soldier it was like wow okay this is something else like I I love a character arc about redemption Um, Sam Wilson I love the fact that he is probably one of the first characters to be second man, but not a sidekick. Uh, he was not introduced as a sidekick. He was his own hero. He was his own man. So I love the fact that he brought that to Captain America. You know, he's not the guy who's like, yes, sir. He's the guy who's like, well, I'm going to do this. You do that. Uh, then we have John Walker, you know, just uh, a, a, a crazy man taking over the shield, but still, you know, learning from it and then growing from it. And then to cap it all off, we had uh, Frank Castle just because, hey, why not? Get a little bit of mix of wild in there. <laughs> so, yeah, like, obviously, Jim Gordon and Frank Castle definitely seem like the, the odd ones out in that group. However, they did both take on the name. Frank Castle not so much in a sanctioned way, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and Jim Gordon very much in a uh, mech suit, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, well, he also still ran around in a costume. Like, it was crazy. But yeah, yeah, he did. He had his big mech suit, which is supposed to be a precursor to the Batman Beyond armor. Yeah. Uh, in case you didn't know that. So that was pretty <laughs> wild. Um, uh, to me, Frank Castle and, and, and uh, Jason Todd kind of seem very similar in the idea of, of taking on. Well, I guess Jason Todd wasn't very sanctioned either, was he? No, he just, he kind of wore the bat costume during the. Uh, Oh my God! The the battle for the cowl. So he was like, "Well, you all can keep chasing Batman's cowl. I'll make my own and go crazy." <laughs> so Frank Castle and uh, Jason Todd. There's a lot of knee surgeons are going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then John Walker and John Paul Valley definitely seem like a uh, uh, similar pairing. There, um, they they both take up the mantle after the their respected hero leaves and um john paul valley eventually goes crazy john walker eventually goes crazy like (laughs) both characters maybe don't handle the pressure well or the power goes to their head and then afterwards spend the rest of their careers as their characters u.s agent and 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 asriel as trying to redeem their names trying to redeem what they did now i don't know if that still exist in the rebirth universe uh if all nightfall happened or not but uh <laughs> I, I i know they did they did retcon asriel's character a little bit even after uh even with 
the Michael Lane like edition. So, uh, yeah, we have a lot of legacy with these two these two titles, and then uh, these characters coming on to take their names. So, uh, our first round bout. How did that go? So let's see. From what I can remember, so we had sam and jim go up against each other which i did find funny because they actually were batman and captain america during the same time period Mm -hmm. um but of course it made sense uh the fans voted and i definitely agree with them sam gets the win on that one um you gotta give it i mean age and strength and sam's a different type of character uh he hasn't always had that military background but if you do and even the same thing with jim gordon you know later on in life they decide to say oh yeah you know uh both have been military former military so that helps but i I, at the end of the day i think you couple in the fact of uh sam's experience he's a little bit more battle-hardened than jim um so I think if you take down the rookie, the battle suit that Jim was wearing, uh, Jim's going to have a harder time. So I definitely agreed with that one. What about you? Did you feel that that was the same way it would go to? Yeah, I definitely think that. I mean, as hardened that as um, Jim Gordon is, it's just Sam just has more experience in the world of of superheroing, of, of doing what he's done. Yeah, definitely, because that was also one of the bigger moments, because both of them were definitely kind of a a man out of their element, but it was for Sam, it's just a man trying to live up to the legacy of Cap, and for Jim, it's a cop trying to be a superhero, so a whole different struggle there, so yeah, definitely agreed with that one. Uh, The next one we had was frank castle going up against jason todd uh same thing i mean both of them they they chose to put themselves into the running uh they're both a history of violence type of character um you'll have to excuse my memory on that one i think the fans voted for jason in that regard that's correct correct. jason todd ends up pulling ahead in that one uh i don't know like both characters i've had this discussion before like both characters are ready for death because jason todd's been there and he's been back. Uh-huh. And Frank Castle, you know, all tense and person, all tense and person. Ah, anyways, for all <laughs> reasons, is, is, is considers himself dead after his family died, right? So yeah, it's 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 two guys wearing the costume of a person that they respect, but willing to die for whatever reason they need to, and kill for whatever reason they need to. Definitely not what those two characters represent, but done in a different way um i i kind of feel frank castle personally i think frank castle wins over jason todd but the fans called it out and jason todd wins yeah i'm, I'm right there with you personally i i would have gone with frank um because at the end of it i think and this is a weird way to measure it but frank has a higher kill count than jason does <laughs> so frank is showing you that dude i will pull the trigger i don't care that you're batman jr and you're trying to be batman hard i'm gonna end you so i personally would have said that that would have been that case but again the fans voted so that leads jason todd advancing but then on that side of the bracket that put it up with uh sam versus jason correct that's correct yeah so um that one's an interesting one no 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 uh, no, no. It, sorry wait that, that that's not correct uh because okay. you have to go to the other side you have to go to D- dick grayson versus bucky barnes and then the winner of that goes on against sam 
Okay. All right. Oops. Sorry. That's right. I had them on the same side, but they, they went from the tops. Okay. So yes. Um, so let me see in that case, then I'll, I'll slide across our bracket. So we had Gene Paul Valley and John Walker, uh, throwing down against each other. Now those two, I like because they are the, uh, like granted, I just said, you know, Jason and Frank chose to put themselves in this bracket. Uh, uh, John and Gene are they're kind of they're, they're the wild cards, you know. It's it's yeah, they're thrown in because it's like Bruce is like, all right, I found this kid in this cult. I'm helping him kind of, you know, gain his identity and learn how to function on his own. And then my back gets broken. It's like, yeah, let's let's make this dude Batman. I think that's a great idea. Uh, Captain America discovers that basically the president of the United States is. Uh, part of the masters of evil so to speak so he's disillusioned and then the government goes after him harder and they're like well you have to act a certain way and he's like no i can't act that way so the government strips him of the rank of captain america and they give it to john uh, john walker um both of them have been the odd man out but they're definitely an endearing character uh they do have their their fan bases that love them um i think when it comes down to it both of them have a touch of the crazy, but I think John's tactical beats out Gene's technical, if that makes sense. I mean, that, uh, yeah, that the, makes sense. Uh, so I, I definitely I, – I, I went with John Walker uh, just because at the end of it, you know, if you take out Gene Paul Valley's armor, you've got just Gene Paul. Now, I know he's definitely been trained better, and even then when he was Batman at first, he didn't wear armor. So there is definitely that aspect to it, but John John Walker has just been, you know, he, he was a powerhouse before he had the super soldier serum jacked into him. So I think he definitely gets the win there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one, Mitch? I mean, I, I'm biased. I had to go with John <laughs> Paul Valley, and my re- my rationalization of that is that, uh, you know, later on down the, the line in the continuity or the canon, uh, you find out that John Pavelli is actually a metahuman. He actually has a little bit of enhanced speed, enhanced strength. Now, uh, John Walker does have the super soldier serum in him, so he ha- he also has enhanced strength, enhanced speed, enhanced strength. Um, I just feel like the advantages of the armor, of the Batman training, of the metahumanists all go towards making Azrael the winner. Okay, I like that. I like that. So in the end, what did our fans go with? They went with John Paul Valley as well. Uh, wow. <laughs> which is, I I find very odd seeing as how John Paul Valley is not relatively known to people as opposed to now John Walker is known to people. Yeah, because usually these votes nowadays are no longer about comics. It's about popularity. And you're right. I mean, I think even when we got to see the live action Asriel in Gotham, it was the Michael Lark one, not the jean paul valley well it was uh, it, yeah it was more like the Mark, michael lane version but it was it was even a third character that had absolutely nothing to do with john paul valley or uh michael lane <laughs> even better yeah so uh yeah that's pretty wild you know but i think i think john walker was given undue service because he's the character you love to hate <laughs> so I think that's what everybody did was like, no, I don't care. Like we could have put a uh, US agent up against Mickey Mouse. And I think Mickey Mouse would have won. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we could have put him up against Argyle uh, or I'm sorry, ambush bug. 
And yeah, that would have he ambush bug would have won. So yeah, I mean people just do not like John Walker right now because of the TV show, and and rightly rightly so. That's exactly what they're doing with that character. They want you to hate him, uh, even to the point where they they like Zemo more than they like John Walker. <laughs> so that means in season two we're gonna see John Walker do his dance moves, and then he'll get his redemption. <laughs> that's right. That's that's uh, where redemption starts is dancing. Uh, all right, so let's see. So in that case, um, I'll, I'll finish that part of the title up. So we have Gene Paul Advance, which means he's got to go up against Jason Todd. Uh, Jason Todd. So that one, and again, you're going to have to help me out here. So um, if I'm looking at that fight, I think, and this is where I think Gene Paul's technical and cunning abilities definitely beat out Jason Todd. So I would have voted for Gene Paul Valley in that regard because I think he's going to be a better tactician and know how to handle Red Hood better than Red Hood would know how to handle Azrael. So that's the route I would have gone. What about you? I think that John, Jason Todd seeing Azrael or John Paul Valley in a Batman outfit would have just upset him so much that it would have thrown him off his game. And and I Ooh, think that's that's where it is. I think that's where... Uh, John Paul Valley gets the advantage, and I, I don't know if that's what the fans are thinking also, but that they that's who they voted for. They went for John Paul Valley over Jason Todd. Oh, that is very interesting because, again, too, I figured a lot of people would have been, you know, re- Jason Todd's more of a household name than Gene Paul Valley. All right, so that means Gene Paul Valley advances at the bottom portion of our racket. Uh, to cover the next part we had, and this was the battle that hurt me the most, uh, Dick Grayson versus Bucky Barnes. So both of them are the the OG when it comes to the OG. Uh, Dick Grayson is the first Robin. He's been with Batman pretty much all throughout the career outside of Jim Gordon and Alfred Pennyworth. Um, <clears throat> he's the son of Batman for all intents and purposes. Bucky Barnes, uh, he's the man who is trained in the new origin, of course. Uh, he's the man who is trained to become the partner of Captain America uh, in in. In real-world history, we had the Hitler Youth, so uh, they decided to say, hey, let's make Bucky kind of our our counter to that to kind of get kids to, you know, stay pro-America in this war. Uh, Bucky is trained in all kinds of hand-to-hand and, and weaponry and stuff like that, so uh, they're definitely... They're the primo sidekick. They're the primo guy. They weren't the first picks, which is interesting, uh, but they do get to shine at their moment behind the shield and the cowl. Uh, When it's all said and done, I think, in my opinion, if I'm really sitting down laying it on the line, I really feel that Buck gets the win. Uh, uh, The popularity of it probably goes to Dick Grayson, but I think Buck gets the win just because he's seen war not the war on crime, but he's seen actual war. Uh, and those two things, while very similar as the comics paint them out, uh, there is definitely a difference to it. Um, Bucky has gone up against, you know, some vile evil. And not to say that Dick Grayson hasn't, but, you know, when it comes down to it, the Red Skull really will kill Bucky, while the Joker will not kill Dick. <laughs> <laughs> he'll kill Jason. He'll kill a Robin. He just wouldn't kill Dick. Um, so I think at the end of it, uh, just Buck's a little bit more apt to go the extra distance for this win. So I think it should have been Bucky, in my opinion. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, so I, I, I had a real hard time with this one. Like uh, I know that you did, but I, I also did. J- I, Dick Grayson 
for the lack of a better term, is DC's man without fear. Like he is <laughs> if 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 all the Green Lanterns end up going away, like dying and their rings need to go somewhere, uh it should go to Dick Grayson because he's overcome great fear so many times. Uh I mean his family's killed in front of his 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 eyes. You know, the man he 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 grows ends up going to be becoming a father to him, like, you know, uh, betrays him or or shuns him or whatever way you want to do it uh, and he's constantly drawn like even in the 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 spinner rack earlier like he's in that one cover he's drawn like with his arms behind his head as he's falling to the earth with no care in the in his in his in his you know in his mind because he's not he's not afraid he doesn't have any fear of doing that uh and and he's there. He's everybody's friend. Like we we've talked about that several times. He's <laughs> he's everybody's friend. He's always there for you, whoever you are. Uh, and it and, and and that's not even getting to the point that he's a skilled fighter. He's a skilled acrobatic. He he has the ability. He has he with his time as Batman. He did he did great strides in the character and and made it his own. I think the problem is, is that Buck will go that extra distance. Dick Grayson's never going to kill somebody. <laughs> Buck has killed people. Yes, he killed people as the Winter Soldier, and he probably wouldn't do that as uh, Captain America. Uh, at least I don't remember. I don't know. I didn't. Re- I don't think I was reading his book at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, Buck knows to fight to the end, and I don't know if Dick does. So I think I voted for Buck. However, the fans did not. They voted for Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, and again, too, I figure with all the love for the Winter Soldier that he would have inched it out. But yeah, the fans definitely went with good old Dick Grayson. Which then put us up Dick Grayson versus Sam Wilson. Uh, Dick Grayson's Cap- oh. or Dick Grayson's Batman versus Sam Wilson's Captain America. Uh, the advantage, once again, seems to me to go towards Sam Wilson uh, with the wings with the military training uh, and and with the Captain America shield, all those extra bonuses seem to me as the advantage over Dick Grayson. What about you? So this is interesting because both of them, and, and it's interesting because if we keep the fact, and I like the, you, when you said that in that, that fight, it made me think of it. So if I focus it on purely as Dick Grayson, as batman and sam wilson as captain america there's a little bit of a mental block in that because that was a big part of both these guys when they were living on that legacy was dealing with the fact that they're wearing you know quote unquote the skin of a loved one you know um because i know sam had to deal with a lot of pressure with living up to captain america even nightwing was definitely very much like i don't want to be batman uh, the city needs it, but I don't want to do it, but mm-hmm. I'll do it. So if we sit down and think about it, yes, um, you know, the edge definitely goes to Sam because he's got the shield and the, um, what you might call it, and the wings, you know, so that definitely gives him him a, def- a lead in that regard. But again, I really got to sit down and look at it when it comes to experience, when it comes to all this and that. Dick has the edge in that regard. Um, Dick has fought as a leader of the Titans against menaces from the supernatural, from the otherworldly, and he's done that with a group of teenagers. Um, 
Sam has not really had that much of a role of leadership until he got that moment of of being Captain America. Uh, and even then, you know, it was still kind of like, well, yeah, you're the leader, but you're 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 dealing with people like Tony Stark as Iron Man, so you don't have to really worry too much about that. Um, so at the end of it, I definitely can see Dick's tactical mind outweighing Sam's tactical mind. So I, I can definitely see because. If you think about it, if you separate the shield from Sam, that's not too hard to do. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. It's just, you know, that, you know, we've seen the shield even get separated from Steve. So that's easy to take out of play. And then if you disassemble those wings, you've taken those advantages very quick. And with Dick not having much, there isn't much to take from him. So I definitely see Dick pulling out the win over Sam. What about you? Well, I mean, you also have to take into account that Dick has the backing of all of Wayne Tech behind him. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I, I voted for for Dick Grayson in this instance. Um, you can't you can't discount the fact that uh, Dick Grayson has been a costume superhero for ninety years, eighty years, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of experience and it's, it's his world. Um, Sam is a great Captain America, but yeah, I, he had to get, I had to give it to, to Dick Grayson and the fans also did. So, uh, Dick Grayson and John Paul Valley come up to the finals. It's, they're the ones in the, in the last match. And, uh, we, I mean, we obviously didn't intend it this way. We, we came up with the whole bracket system just because of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So the hope was that there was going to be one Captain America character in there, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, we got two Batman characters in the end. Uh, Dick Grayson's Batman versus John Paul Valley's Batman. And, uh, this is what, so what, how did I title? I said, it's the. It's the the adopted son versus the prodigal son. No, it's the what was it? The original Robin Dick Grayson goes up against the man chosen by Batman himself to take on the mantle, John Paul Valley. Place your votes now. Uh, so, how we had to have seen this fight, didn't we? When Nightfall first came around, not necessarily. Like I mean, definitely. Like Dick Grayson had moments of like, okay, you know, there's there's Azabats, but at the end of it, they were always told to like, no, stand down, stand down. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that's been the case. Now we did see something similar when we did see Dick Grayson's Batman go up against the Michael Lane Asriel. Mm. Uh, we did have that story there. Um, so I, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I was sad that a Captain America didn't make it to the next round as well. I was like, oh, you know, for sure, somebody's got to believe in the shield. But, you know, that's just the popularity of Batman that much more. It's true. <laughs> Which makes sense because you'll probably see Chris Evans wear a Bat Signal shirt before you'll see any of the Batman actors wear a Captain America shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so there is that aspect to it. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, the, 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 the chosen son versus the, the adopted son. Uh, however we want to frame it, I got to go with Dick in this regard, just because I think if we if we like going to what you're saying, like when you say it specifically that way, Gene Paul Valley as Batman, Dick Grayson as Batman, I think when Asriel sees a Batman, he's not going to know who's under that cowl. So that might put a little bit of worry in his mind. Um, and I think when Dick sees as bats, 
he's conscious of it. He's aware of it. He lived through that era. I think that just burns him up even more to be like, I've got to win this fight. Um, you know, this is the guy that brought shame to the name. Um, and he's just got to prove himself. Uh, again, you know, I think Dick's fighting prowess is definitely better than Azrael's. And not to say Azrael's a slouch, but, you know, you like you just said, you're talking about a guy who leads with his chin when he goes into gravity. So it's like, yeah, that, that's a guy who's like, I'm not afraid. Um, so I think at the end of it, you know, definitely, you know, Bruce took down Azrael. He knew to, to trick him, to get him to loosen his armor and lose it. I could see Dick going that same regard. Now, you could always argue, well, maybe he wouldn't fall for it twice. Uh, but even then, like I said earlier, I, I could see Dick stripping away those advantages that his opponent has. So I, I still think he'd find a way to shut Azrael down. So Dick Grayson gets my vote. What about you? Uh, this is going to be a tough one. <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously my heart goes towards Azrael. My heart goes to John, John, John Paul Valley. But, I mean, obviously his time as Batman was not a good time for him. He, he, he broke. He broke even more. Like, this is a character that was already mentally broken. Uh, he, threw, he got thrown into this uh, guise of being the new Batman, and it weighed too much on him. Like, how, how does... Bruce Wayne deal with not being able to be everywhere at one time. Like we, we see people like Superman deal with that, you know, uh, that mental strain, that stress. And he has super speed. Batman has to deal with it, but he has the advantage of being a urban myth, right? Like everybody's looking over their shoulder all the time for Batman. Uh, but Azrael just could not handle that. He, he ends up going crazy. He ends up, you know, hurting if not killing. I'm not sure if he ended up killing anybody as 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 bats. Um, but yeah, I think the power of Dick Grayson just overpowers, and I voted for Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson, he 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 is the next Batman. He has to be. If if it's not uh, if if it's not Bruce Wayne, it makes sense for it, it to be Dick. And yes, Dick doesn't want to be Batman. But the 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 sense of honor, the sense of legacy, the you know, has, it, it it it's pushed onto him, and and he used he uses uh, time as Batman to also train Damien, right? Mm, so yeah. he knows how it is to not so much break the person, but get in there because he had to make sure that Damien was subservient i guess uh or take take his lead allowed you know take dick's lead and uh that's not that wouldn't be any that's not an easy task so yeah he has the mental capacity to outthink john paul valley and and that's going to be what it is with all the the advantages that the asbat suit has on it he uh dick grayson would outthink him and and eventually win and that's exactly how the fans thought too. At least they voted for Dick Grayson. I don't know if that's how they thought. Uh, yeah, our ultimate legacy hero is the one that's well. It, he has been around the longest, right? Like he's yeah. Been, he's, well, no, actually, Jim Gordon. Jim Gordon edges him out. Ooh. Uh, so, he, but, but he's older Jim than Gordon Bucky though too. Yeah, well, well, no, Bucky. Uh, Bucky comes a year after because I think uh, if I remember correctly. Batman appears in 1938, so there's Jim Gordon as well. Uh, Dick Grayson appeared a year later in 1939, and then Captain America and Bucky make their appearance in 1940. Wow. 
Yeah, so we got some golden age in that. Uh, but again, like thinking about it as we we titled this and. You know, that's at least something that led my mind. I don't know if it led for those that voted, but when we do talk legacy, you know, when all these characters were created, uh, John, John Walker and Jean Paul Valley were stand-ins. Uh, thankfully, they got new life as their own characters, which is awesome. Uh, Sam was created as a new character in the world of Captain America, which is great because he's not a sidekick. He's his own man. Uh, Jason Todd was the replacement to a sidekick. So uh, even then, you know, fans voted to kill him. <laughs> so he didn't have much going for him. Um, but luckily he, f- he found new life again. Uh, and even Bucky, while he was, you know, the, the great sidekick to Captain America, uh, when they brought Captain America, they saw no need for him and got rid of him. So luckily he too found new life in a modern age of comics. Um, but when it's all said and done, no. And even, you know, Frank Castle is not a Captain America legacy. He was just a crazy dude running around cosplaying. <laughs> uh, Jim Gordon, you know, he just realized, hey, you know, I, I got to step up for this this vacuum that's out there. Uh, so I'll definitely do what I can. But Jim Gordon is always best as Jim Gordon. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Dick Grayson that's what he was you know he was the boy wonder we all thought you know for intents and purposes he would grow up to be the next batman and that probably would have been the plan if not for new teen titans with marv wolfman and george prez where they finally said no dick grayson is his own character definitely we could do something there uh but you know at the end of the day like you mentioned before you know he's the dc universe best friend so you know he will always be the one who pushes through so i definitely like that I wanted to also bring up, since we're talking about legacy, um, so Nightwing, Dick Grayson, does not have a legacy yet. Nobody has taken on the Nightwing name after him. Um, Bucky Barnes, Bucky, people have taken on the name of Bucky after him. No one's taken on the name of Winter Soldier yet, but other people have been Bucky, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh Asriel is has become a legacy. Like Michael Lane takes on the, the mantle of my, of Asriel after John Paul Valley. Um, who was it with uh, Asriel? It was who? Who did Michael. he? No, who who came up? Who went up against Asriel in the first? Uh, oh, uh, U.S. agent. U.S. agent. Uh, we haven't had a U.S. agent legacy, right? No one else has taken on the the mantle of a U.S. agent. Falcon. We have had a second Falcon now. That that's a legacy. Jim Gordon, technically, I guess, like Commissioner Gordon, his daughter <laughs> eventually becomes Commissioner Gordon in some of the futures. So I, I count it as a legacy. I can uh, buy into that when you say it that way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Todd has taken on another legacy. Red Hood is the name of someone as of a villain or a a collective of villains. Um. Or if you want to look at it as Robin, like other people have have been Robin after him, and then uh, Punisher. I, there hasn't been another Punisher, right? Even Punisher twenty ninety nine was still Frank, wasn't it? Oh, it, it was a different guy. Um, I mean, we, we've kind of had other Punishers, you know, um, but in the end, it, you know, people want their Frank Castle, so it always comes back. But yeah, Punisher's been a bit of a legacy character, I'd say. Okay. So I just, I, I, I mean, if you want to look at it as uh what was it? uh 
what's cosmic ghostwriter <laughs> he's he uh is kind of a legacy that way uh either way I, I i love that the the legacy branches out in many other ways when you come out of just these characters alone uh if we do see a future nightwing after uh you know dick grayson has to take on the mantle of batman again i would i would love to see that i'd love to see who takes on that that title uh, if Jason Todd at one time was going around as Nightwing, so there's that. Yeah. Well, we have seen. So um, you remember Christopher Kent, uh, another son of of General Zod, but he was Nightwing uh, when. But it was the Nightwing and Flamebird. Right. So he was probably more the legacy of Krypton's uh, Nightwing. But yeah, we did have. Uh, uh, Jason Todd, he went a little bit more crazy and was like, hey, let me wear the Nightwing costume and kill people. Uh, we also had Nightwing, N-I-T-E-W-I-N-T. We had that that guy who was actually running around in hockey pads. <laughs> uh, he was trying to do his best to clean up uh, Bloodhaven alongside Dick Grayson, but that didn't work out so well. <laughs> and then this is an interesting one. I don't know if, uh, how to consider her, but... Um, Harper Rowe, she was a character that was introduced in the New 52 era. Um, she becomes Bluebird, but she definitely looks like a, a, a female version of Nightwing. True. So I'm always curious, like, does she fall under that regard? Uh, have we had those two meet yet and be kind of like, all right, um, that's cool, or, <laughs> you know, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I definitely, I, I think that's kind of a fun uh, twist on the legacy idea there. All right, there you go. There is how the tournament played out on our uh, social media. Uh, if you agree, please let us know. If you don't agree, please let us know. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online? Oh, you can definitely find me on Twitter as well. Uh, my handle is at Stuff I Should Say, uh, should being spelled S H U D. And then check me out here on geeklymedia.com for some of my writings. And then also check out aiptcomics.com for my new comic book reviews. The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Check, go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash geeklymedia for exclusive material only our patrons have access to. And then whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly. Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm oh. going to cut you short because oh. anniversary issues, they always love to do this. They always put plot lines in there, right? So since we just had a big legacy throwdown, I was thinking about this. The newest heirs. Oh, who knows when we'll get to this battle? Who knows how it'll happen? We're going to throw this one at you, listeners. One of the newest legacies, Eli Bradley, a.k.a. Patriot, up against Damian Wayne, the Robin. <laughs> who do you think wins? Maybe we'll tell you. Maybe we won't. We'll find out later. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.